You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hey, y'all. Spooky season is here. And if you're looking for a show to whet your appetite for a little haunted history, then I'd like to invite you to check out Southern Gothic, a chart-topping history podcast that explores some of the most infamous legends, folklore, ghost stories, and hauntings of the American South. We've covered all sorts of stuff from the Bell Witch of Tennessee to the disappearance of the Confederate submarine, the H.L. Hunley, not to mention our deep dives into the local lore of some of America's oldest and most haunted cities like New Orleans, Charleston, and St. Augustine. So if you're ready for a little good old-fashioned Halloween storytelling with a commitment to quality historical research, then be sure to check out Southern Gothic today. It's available now on all your favorite podcast apps. Welcome to Queen's Podcast. I'm Lauren. And I'm Charlotte. And we're the hosts of Demythify. Katie and Nathan asked us to warn you, their podcast uses more curses than the ancient Greeks. So hopefully your ears aren't too sensitive. If mythologies, gods and heroes are more your thing, pour a drink and join us at Demythifying. Hope to hang out with you soon. Bye. Hi, this is Katie. And this is Nathan. And you're listening to Queen's Podcast, the show about badass women in history. Get into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get into it. Hey, Nathan. <laughs> hey, Katie. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Nathan, this is going to be our last episode of 2021. Oh, gee. I am having flashbacks to our last episode of 2019 because I remember going back and listening to it at the end of 2020 and us being like, oh my gosh, everybody have a great 2020. And I wanted to like add in narrator voice, like they did not have a great 2020. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of true. So, uh, um, not, not a good year for anybody. No. So I'm not going to jinx ourselves this time. But so we are going out with a bang with this episode. Yes. I think everybody's going to love this next chick that we're covering, by the way. I think so. There's it, There's something for everybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, Nathan, without further ado, who are we discussing? Jean de Clisson. <laughs> I said that very French-like. As um, Frenchy as you could be. <laughs> as Frenchy as French can be. I mean, I am 30% French. Okay, so 23andMe.com. Yeah, right. I know, I know. Advertisement. <laughs> uh, but I mean, I was all 30% of that just now. Yes. <laughs> but um, more specifically to this Frenchy lady, what, it, what is she famous for? So she's like this noblewoman turned pirate and like really fucking hated the king of France. Oh. Um, I'm into it. I I'm into it, and she was petty and pissed off, and I can't wait to get into her life. But first, Nathan, what are we drinking? So I made a recipe of mulled wine, um, because, I mean, it's cold outside, baby, it's cold outside. Weather outside is weather. (laughs) 
I've always felt like Baby is Cold Outside is like it's super li- rapey. Yeah, it's, it's a, a little rapey. Like I gave you a roofie, baby. It's cold <laughs> What's outside. What's in this drink? Oh. It's getting very dark inside. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but mold wine. So basically, it just took like uh, five cloves, some orange slices, some lemon apple and then i use star anise anise <laughs> uh, it does look like a butthole like it looks <laughs> like a butthole but that's a spicy spiciness right yes well it's a licorice flavor and i don't really like licorice that much but if you do it just it, one it works. it works it works in here yeah and then like you bring it to a simmer for about 30 minutes and then just let it sit and it is like the perfect christmas drink Yes, yes. But no, this is delicious. And you're right. It's absolutely perfect for the holiday season. And this episode is going to be coming out just like a day or two before Christmas. So Merry Christmas, bitches. (laughs) Before we get started, we've got two Patreon shout outs. Thank you so much to our brand new supporters, Ashley and Nicole. Yay! Thank you. And thank you, obviously, to all of our Patreon supporters and all of our listeners and everyone that follows us on social. We adore all of you. All yes. y'all. All y'all. <laughs> all y'all. That is very Texan of us. So let's get started. So Jean de Clisson uh, <laughs> was born in 1300 at some, some point. Probably 1300. Maybe. I don't know. Fucking typical. Fucking typical. <laughs> her name at the time of her birth was Jean-Louise de Belleville, Dame de Montague. Okay, Katie, step aside. Let a French bitch try to say Okay, all right. Come on, French bitch. Jean-Louise de Belleville, Dame de Montague. Oh. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I totally made that up. That first. is a mouthful. Uh, yeah. So we're going to call her Jeannie. Oh, like that Elton John song. Little Jeannie. I love that song. <laughs> Genie. So she's going to be our little genie for this episode. So her family wasn't the richest or like most, most powerful family in town, but it did a okay. I mean, she was still part of the nobility. So yeah. she, you know, she wasn't a, she, she was fine. They were yeah. okay. They were fine financially. Uh, we really don't know a whole lot about her upbringing, though. Yeah. Brothers? Uh, I don't know. Sisters? I don't know. Education? I don't know. <laughs> so if she did get an education, we would have to assume that it would have been like that practical education that most noble women at the time would have had. Uh, she could read. She could maybe spoke more than one language. You know, she had that religious education, how to keep a household, etc., etc. Exactly. So since we don't know much about her childhood, let's take a moment to talk about where she grew up. One of her nicknames in history... Is the lioness of Brittany. Rawr. Rawr. <laughs> and she also... had a big pussy. <laughs> oh, God. oh, Jesus, Nathan. I mean, she did have big pussy energy. She had she definitely had big clit energy for sure. <laughs> but no, this is our third to ha- I think queen that we've covered that has had like an animal nickname. There was yes, um uh, the Tigress. The Tigress for Katarina Sforza. What was um She grabbed herself by the pussy. She did grab herself by the pussy. <laughs> And then what was, what did they call Isabella France? Uh, the wolf. She wolf, the she wolf. Yeah. Yeah. And so we got the lioness of Brittany here. I don't think we've spent any time in Brittany in any of our episodes before. Today, it's part of modern day France. Yes. Yeah. 
It's on the coast, and it's like a really short boat ride from Brittany to Southwest England. This is where I went down my first rabbit hole. First of 500. (laughs) (laughs) So they had a very specific culture in Brittany that was like a really – it wasn't part of France yet. But it was kind of part of France. And it wasn't part of England, but it was kind of part of England. And Brittany is one of the six original Celtic nations. I mean, mean, Great Britain. Great Britain. Yeah, that's how it got the name whenever a bunch of people were, like when the Anglo-Saxons were coming over (laughs) to Britain, a lot of the people already there fled and ended up in Brittany. Ah. The Breton language is actually more Celtic than it was French. Huh. Huh. Good to know. So, yeah, let me dig myself right back out of that rabbit <laughs> hole and let's get back to little Jeannie. So, at the time of Jeannie's birth, it was really interesting hybrid in Brittany at the time. So, it was like French, Britain, cultures intermingling, having babies together. Yeah. And, and Brittany was really proud, and the Bretons is what it's called, the people that live there, were really proud of, like, their culture and their independence and as they, well. And they had a lot of money. Uh, they were they would do the whole region was doing a okay. Yeah. Port cities usually do because uh-huh. you know it's a port. Th- it's a port. Yeah, that's where that's the commerce a- comes in and out of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when we tell you that France was real horny for Brittany, um, they wanted her nuts so bad. They wanted Brittany to be part of France so so bad. Like, and then Britain was like, "Ugh, France. Why are you so obsessed with me?" Wow. Why are you so obsessed with me? (laughs) All right, so back to little Jeannie. When she was 12, she was married for the first time. Babies don't need jobs and babies don't need to get married. Babies don't need husbands. (laughs) (laughs) You heard it here first. (laughs) Might be a controversial take. (laughs) Babies don't need husbands. Tell your mom. Tell your mom. Her first husband was a guy named Jeffrey, and he was 19 and already a widower. Good Lord. (laughs) So this was his second marriage at 19. And I guess 19 and 12, like right now, we're like, ew, gross. But at the time, I mean, she could have been married off to a guy in his 50s. So 19 was, I guess, better. But this 19-year-old had his second wife. Second wife. Moving on up. Moving fast, moving fast. Come on. So we really have no insight into their relationship. And like we have no reason to see that it was a love match. Mm -mm. But we also have no evidence to see it was the opposite. Well, we might have a little glimmer into that it wasn't a love match, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah. And so by the time she was at the ripe old age of 14, um, she was a mom. Um, and babies don't need babies. Babies don't need babies. Babies don't need jobs. Babies, babies don't, don't need husbands. husbands. Babies, babies don't, don't need babies. babies. Tell your mom. <laughs> Tell your mom. <laughs> so, of course, she's married to a guy named Jeffrey. So they're like, what can we name him? Uh, Jeffrey? Jeffrey? <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, bitches. Uh, and then again, two years later, she was mom to a daughter named Louise, which, again, is like her middle name. Um, so not very creative. They were married for 14 years until Jeffrey's death in 1326. They had those two babies, like Bam Bam. And then they didn't have any more children for the rest of their marriage. Hmm. And also, and again, we'll get to it a little bit later, she might have had a third child within the time of their marriage that was fathered by somebody else. Scandal. 
The thing that's crazy is I had the hardest time finding anything about this maybe third illegitimate child that she had while married to Jeffrey because it's such a footnote in everything else that happens in her life. Any any other noble woman from the time, that might be the whole story. Yeah. The and end. this one, they're like, she might have had child out of wedlock while she was married. No big talk, deal. Let's talk about other stuff. That, that's just a footnote. We in got her more biography. shit to cover. Yeah, well, it's also possible that she probably had children that died in infancy. Yeah, uh, but it wasn't well documented because history is depressing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> it really is. It's so sad. But I don't know. It could also mean that they just weren't super affectionate with each other. Yeah, and maybe she was in love with somebody else. But we'll get to that. Ooh. Now she's 26 years old and a widow. Moving These people. Fast. Yeah, people, <laughs> but a wealthy widow. She got money because her family. She already had like some money from her family, but then she also had like dower lands from her husband, which is lands that families would put aside just for this situation. Like if a widow became a widow, if a woman became a widow, she had money. <laughs> if a widow her. became a widow. If a widow became a widow. <laughs> Widow crosses the road and walks into a bar. No, um, but since she's got this money, we can't just let her sitting here be an independent woman with her own money. Ugh, gosh, women with brains and money. Absolutely not. We gotta get her married again. Yeah. So, side note. So we never really hear from her like first two kids again after no. this. They just kind of like fall off the face of the earth. <laughs> I'm guessing they stay with her first husband's family. Yeah, I think you're right on that. Her son, Jeffrey, would end up inheriting titles and stuff for, from his father, but died young in some, like, upcoming battles. Yeah. So, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert. 1300s in France, there's war. <laughs> yeah, lots of it. It's the it's the Hundred Years' War, which was actually 116 years. They lied to me in the brochure. <laughs> they, it's a little misleading, but I guess the 116-year war. <laughs> I need to speak to your manager, France. <laughs> so... Who is hubby number... What's behind hubby number two door? (laughs) (laughs) You picked bachelor number two. (laughs) Too bad he's a raging alcoholic. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. wasn't. But in 1328, at age 28, Mm -hmm. probably, uh, (laughs) she married a guy named Guy. Guy. (laughs) Yes. Hey, Guy. Guy of Penthiev. Sure. He was from a very, very prominent family. So this was a huge catch for little Jeannie. Yeah. Guy's dad was the Duke of Brittany. So yeah, you really can't get much higher than that. Mm -hmm. She got that rich dick. Yes. (laughs) She got that rich dick. But um, Guy wasn't the... The son that was meant to inherit the oh, okay. dukedom, he had some older brothers. and it But was he's still got money, honey. Very well connected. Mm-hmm. Very well connected. I don't, we don't really know what exactly went wrong, but Guy's family decided that Jean, little Jeannie, just was not a good fit for their family and petitioned to have the marriage annulled. Yeah, we really don't know why. There's no solid evidence of why it was annulled. Some speculate that Guy's family didn't really like Jeannie that Mm -hmm. much. They thought that she was a gold digger and only in it for the money, which means... I mean, she she didn't... It's not like she had a chance to marry for love at this point anyway, so of course she was only in it for the money. Yes, she had no other option. 
I, I don't understand that narrative, but that's the most popular one. They were like, oh, she's not a good fit for this family, and she only wants to be part of the family for, like, the status. And she's over there being like, well, yeah. I, Ashley. Yeah. Ashley. Others speculate that it was actually Jeannie who wanted the annulment. Mm-hmm. Um, that alone wouldn't have been enough for it to happen because she's got a vagina. And so she doesn't get to make decisions. No. Because all bag that, of dicks, bag of dicks. Yeah, and all that blood going to her vagina she, makes it not go to her brain. How could she possibly Think, know what she wants? How is she even breathing? How does she walk? <laughs> how do women walk? <laughs> With all that vagina going on. I don't know. <laughs> It isn't this like. There's also speculation that she may have had that baby out of wedlock at this point. So it's like, so possibly that's the reason the family was. They were like, yeah, like wait, if she steps out on her first marriage, what makes you think she's not going to step out on this marriage? Mm -hmm. This is all speculation. Like you said, Jeannie did not fight this one little bit, and she may have been very much in favor of the annulment. There was this newly widowed knight named Oliver de Clisson that she 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 may have already been in a relationship with. Yeah, she's probably boning him. She he is she he is the father of the child that she had out of wedlock with her first husband. Yeah, so there was a lot of ear ear yeah. ear ear. And now that his wife is dead. And her second marriage has just been annulled. They finally get to, like, actually be together. Yeah, it's, like, literally the next day. Yeah, like, <laughs> the ink was dry on her annulment pay, like, paperwork, and she was already walking down the aisle. Yeah, she's like, she's let's like, go to Vegas. Let's go. Let's get fucked up. And so they went to Vegas. <laughs> Ye old Vegas. <laughs> Ye old Vegas. Um, our girl Jeannie is in love, y'all. Mm. Like, for sure, Which, though. Isn't that refreshing? I know. We don't get to see that that much. Yeah, for um, this time period, for, unfortunately, she had to have the two other marriages to get there. It's just so rare that we actually see the nobility in a love marriage. Yeah, and the Clisson family was, they're not exactly slumming it either. No. You know, he's got a castle and lands in both Brittany and Normandy, so that combined with the lands that Jeannie has. Yeah, you they're know, not I, hurting for cash. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not. They're not calling 877-CASH now. No, not at all. They were doing A-OK. They would go on to have five children. And like we said, the first one was probably born while she was married to her first husband. Let's not do math, guys. Don't think about it. Don't think about it too hard. Uh, yeah, the dates are blurry and confusion and confusing, but yeah, her life is just so wackadoodle that again, we don't even know. They had five children altogether. She was 30 when they married. In their 14 years of marriage, they had Isabeau born in a, like, let's not talk about it. Don't ask, don't ask about your birthday. Maurice, who sadly died in infancy. Olivier, because names are hard. So, going with the dad's name. How do you say this name? I'm just going to call Guillaume. him... Guillaume. Guillaume? I think it's Guillaume. I'm going to call him Gilly. Okay, Gilly. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Sorry, French people. Gilly so silly. Gilly so silly. <laughs> and their last daughter, Jean. Oh, how creative. <laughs> I'm sure we're saying... I'm sure it's like Jean. But, it's Jean. Um, 
I sound like an asshole doing that all episodes. Oh, no. so. I know, right. <laughs> all right, so let's put a pin in Jean's uh, <laughs> domestic list because we got some politics to discuss. We got some politics to be politicking about. Yeah, let's get politicking. 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 Yes. Uh, um, so after their annulment, her second husband, Guy, uh, married again and promptly had a daughter named uh, Jean. <laughs> what? <laughs> Were there just not enough names that he was like, gotta name it after my ex-wife? But then soon after that, Guy ends up dying. Yes. And Guy's older brother had also died with no heir, so that means that this girl was the heir to the Duchy of Brittany. Yeah. Well, it meant that the girl's husband oh. was the heir to the Duchy of Brittany. Because she's again, vagina. How can she do it? And any, How can she vagina and do another task? I, 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 I don't know. I don't like, know how I'm doing it. <laughs> how is your mouth even moving? How? Right <laughs> how do I brain thoughts? How do I do it? <laughs> She's a witch. Witchcraft. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, ex-stepdaughter Jeannie, I guess. Because um, that's not confusing. No. <laughs> Her husband, who is now set to be the Duke of Brittany, is also the nephew of the King of France. And that could be problematic. Remember, both France and England want to have control over Britney. They, so they both have opinions about who is going very to be. Very strong opinions. Very strong opinions about who's going to be the next Duke of Britney. And England was like, hey, hold on a fucking minute. This could be a really confusing and in-depth conversation. I'm going to try to keep it as top of line as possible. But like I said, we're in the Hundred Years' War. And the Hundred Years' War was started because the King of England, Edward III, thought he had a claim on the French throne through his mother, Isabella of France. Okay. The she-wolf. And That's uh, valid. Yeah. (laughs) And France was like, no, sorry, friend. Not only can women not inherit titles... You can't inherit through the female line. So you can't inherit through your mother. You can only inherit. So now with France being like, yeah, we want this guy to be the Duke of Brittany by marriage to his wife. England's being like, wait, 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 wait. You just told us you can't do that. Lots of lots of fragile dick energy here and misogyny. Surprise. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And England's like, yeah, you you said we can't do that. So the next living relative through the male line was this other guy named John of Montfort. And England's like, John is the rightful duke. And then France is like, no, this other guy is the rightful duke. And it was just a bit of a shit show. Yeah, so this is the beginning of the Breton War of Succession. War. What is it good for? What is it good for? Breton Succession. Say it again now. (laughs) So this is like a war inside of a war. It's, it's a Russian doll situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like the Hundred Years War within a war within a war. Within but a, war. a lot more death. Yeah. And back to little Jeannie. <laughs> um, Hubby was a major general in the military and they were major landholders. We've already kind of established it. So they had to pick a side at this point. They couldn't stay neutral. Yeah, not Absolutely not. And I believe you pronounce it absolutely no. No. <laughs> God, this 30% French in me is 23 in me. Thank you very much. Hubby, Olivier, had already fought with the French army before. And they had lands and other territories that were 
controlled by France. And so it just made more sense for them to align with France over England yeah. in this. So they threw their support behind Other Jeannie and her husband. And this is where our story really starts popping off. Yeah, so husband Olivier has to go off to war to fight in the War of Succession, which must have been pretty nerve-wracking for a little Jeannie. Oh my god, I am so happy I never have to worry about my husband going off to war. That's a funny thought, Steve in war. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's well-suited for it, no. to be honest. He would be like, can I just like make some spreadsheets for the war? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, but for Jeannie, their youngest child is only like two years old. Yeah. And remember, she actually loved this husband. So if anything was to happen to him, she's gonna be heartbroken. Spoiler alert! So, spoiler alert coming to fruition. Um, <laughs> He's captured by the English. Can you fucking imagine? I think that's worse. I guess not worse than your husband dying in war, but like... When they're captured, it's the not knowing that yeah. must be so nerve-wracking. It's like, are they torturing him? Are they... Is he dead already? Is he dead? Yeah. Are they going to let him go? What do they want? Is he even still alive? Like, that just sounds so nerve-wracking. Yeah, and much to Jeannie's relief, though, the English just kind of let him go. I mean, they did ask for a ransom, but like... Barely. I mean, the the French king at this point is like, this is suspicious. Yes. <clears throat> I have to imagine that, like, after this terrifying experience, their reunion must have been uh, pretty hot. Yeah. I could totally see it being like... How is this not a miniseries? I feel like I, we say this about a lot of the women that we cover, but seriously... How is this not a miniseries? It's got sex. It's got infidelity. It's got a lot of stuff we're about to get into. It's got war. Good but, God, y'all. <laughs> but big sigh of relief here. Hubby is finally home. So things can go back to normal. Can you tell what they are <laughs> So not long after the release, an invitation arrives from the King of France. Bonjour. Uh, <laughs> That's exactly what it said. <laughs> Bonjour. Uh, it was a singing telegram. <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 da. Uh, how cool. Like, King Philip VI of France has invited Olivier and, like, a dozen other Bretons to, like, do this big tourney in France. It was uh, going to be, like, a celebration. Like, thanks for fighting for me. And Let's have a beer. Let's joust. Let's feast. Yes. Let's do all this. Sounds, Sounds great. Sounds like I guess time. no one thought it was suspicious that they were like, but don't bring your wives or anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe it's a bro party. Yeah, it's a bros only. 100%. No girls allowed. So Olivier packs his bags and tells Jeannie, hey, I'll BRB. Love you, babe. Narrator voice. He would not BRB. Um, it turns out that King Philip and his nephew, the new Duke of Brittany, were suspicious of Olivier. I mean, like I said, why did they let him go for next to nothing? Yeah. You know, what does he know? Did he defect the English king? Was he always a spy for, you know? Yeah, like what, what did... I get the suspicion, but I think the follow-through was um, flawed. Yeah, right. It was a trap. Um, once Olivier was on French soil, he was imprisoned and brought to Paris. Uh, he and the other Breton lords were put on a public trial for conspiring against the French king. Of course, when we say trial, you know, we're, we're doing the air quotes around it because it was... Not a trial. Like, I feel like this has come up a lot in episodes that we've discussed where people are put on quote unquote trial, but it's like... They're already found guilty. They're already... It's like, it's just for show. Yeah. It's just theater. When 
when we think point, like in America being put on trial, you actually have to be proven innocent. Yeah. You know, whereas like this was the the jury was the king, basically, and the king had already made up his mind. So, yeah, this was a fucking scandal, though, for several reasons. One, there was actually no evidence that he had done anything wrong. It was just like a hunch that the king had. So cool. Second, for a nobleman to be put on a public trial, that was like, are you fucking serious? That was not yeah. a done thing. So even people very close to the king were like, eh. Yeah, because, like, at the time, um, being put on trial, that was, like, done for peasants. Mm -hmm. Like, that was entertainment for peasants. And if the nobles were put on trial, it was private. Yeah, because they didn't want to make a big scene out of it. So for a nobleman to be put on trial in front of peasants was, like, huge sign of For entertainment. Yeah. It's like... It was like, even the people in the nobility... You know, they weren't saying it out loud to the king, because they didn't also want to be put on public trial, but they were all, like, tacky... Yeah. Tacky much, Philip? Yeah. <laughs> so Jeannie is obviously a mouse. Yeah. Uh, panic mode. Yes. Full blown panic mode. Yes. Uh, we think she may have even sent a bribe to one of the jailers to try to like sneak her husband out, which don't blame her. I don't blame her at all. I'm, uh, yeah. What, what would you do in that situation? I would be like, do you want one of my kidneys? What do I have to do right. to get him out? But unfortunately, that wasn't all that helpful. Um, Olivier was found guilty and immediately publicly beheaded. Beheaded, y'all. Again, so his trial was public. And his beheading was public. So this was like, I feel like insult to injury isn't hard enough because having your head cut off is more than, I mean, it is an injury. <laughs> yes, it's a very severe it's injury. It's a very severe <laughs> um, injury. May cause death, uh, asphyxiation, <laughs> heart attack. Uh, may lead to death, yeah. Might need to consult your physician before taking ye old beheading medicine. <laughs> <laughs> There's, uh, I'll put the um, picture either in the show notes or on our Instagram or something. There is like an old painting from the time of it's the scene. It's brutal. It's not nice. It doesn't look like Olivier's having like a good time. Yeah, no, I, I would not want to be invited to this Mm-mm. party. Mm-mm. Um, so as if, you know, getting beheaded wasn't enough. Right. Uh, the heads of these executed Britons were sent back to Brittany uh, and put on stakes at a major bridge. Oh, my God. So, oh, gross. First, everything in history is disgusting. Yeah. Like, one, that people go and watch beheadings for... Fun. Because, I mean, we still watch trials for fun. But, I mean, at least they don't involve blood. Yeah. And screaming. No, but I wouldn't want to watch... <laughs> Headings for a fun. I wouldn't want to watch an execution. No. You know, like, did not. On top of that, though, like you said, sending the head to go be publicly displayed is. Uh, first of all, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I bet everything in history was super stinky. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, ooh, I see where you're going with this. I d- huh. I'll just leave it there. Uh, I'll just leave it all there. All right, Nathan's not going to eat for two days. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> holiday diet. Pre-holiday diet. It's fine. So little Jeannie is devastated, obviously. Obviously. Uh, She, you know, goes into this deep depression, but her grief took a different form. Yeah. You know, I never want to judge someone on the way that they grieve. Yeah, I know, because how how, how would I react? I have no idea. 
I have how no idea. I would react if Greg Abbott I've always, chopped my husband's head off. Right. You know, I've always like, hated that whenever like you do see those trials and you see those like documentaries and they're like, he didn't act right when he found out his wife was you dead. Have no idea it's how like someone uh, would react. Yeah, you might be totally numb and be like, uh you know, like the, You have no idea. You yeah. have no idea how you're gonna I react don't. to grief. I bet. I wouldn't, my grief wouldn't take the form of genies, but, uh, but you know what? I think hers is, the reason we're talking about her is because her reaction was special. <laughs> I kind of feel like I would take genies' so? uh, okay. stance. So. so let's not keep the people waiting. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's drum roll it. So yeah. she took her and Olivier's two sons, um, Olivier Jr. and Gilly, yes. um, to see ye old dad's head yeah on ye old bridge road trip uh, so um let's go cry at a bridge so the head on the stick was meant to be like hey this is what happens when you fuck with the king of france but she was like hey look boys this is what the king of france did to your fucking father and revenge we are gonna take <laughs> revenge this is giving me Olga of Kiev vibes. This is giving me Boudicca vibes. This is giving this me is... Daenerys vibes. But yeah, like, like you gonna fuck with me? I'm gonna burn your shit up. Yes, and I think this is a good time to take a real quick break, top off our mold wine, and we'll be back in just a second. Everybody, shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. Hello, everyone. You may recognize me as Gabby from the History of Everything podcast. And my name is Bruna, and you don't recognize me from anything yet. Together, we're two scientists who explore all of the weird little questions and conspiracies of the universe in our new podcast, Mystery of Everything. Everything has an explanation. We hope. That is what we're here to figure out. We will dive into the science behind many popular conspiracy theories, such as vaccines causing autism, flat earth theory, and was the moon landing fake? And if so, why the heck would anyone even do that? But it's not just conspiracies. There's a lot of cool mysteries that we will attempt to use science to explain, such as near-death experiences, what made the Vikings go berserk, and can I control my co-host with MK Ultra? Wait, what? <laughs> anyway, make sure to check out the Mischief Everything podcast everywhere where you find your podcasts. And we're back. We've topped off our drinks. They are delicious. So yeah, let's pick off. Let's pick up where we left off, Nathan. So you know, your husband's been wrongly executed by the King of France. So what's a widow to do? Uh, sell your lands and turn to piracy. Obviously. Wait. 
What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. She like immediately goes back home, and she sold most of her Cleason estates that Olivier had left her, and. She goes around to her neighbors and is like, hey, did y'all like my husband? And her husband was very well liked. Yeah. And so everyone's like, yeah, we fucking love this guy. And she's like, do you think what happened to him was fucked up? And they're like, yeah. Like, that shit was real fucked up. Yeah. And she was like, y- you you want a revenge? You Would you, would you like to revenge, revenge with me? And they do. And they do. <laughs> they all want to revenge with her. And, yeah, so that's how this little-known widow raised an army and started her path to fame of being a, kind of a terrorist. Yeah, she kind of was. But for love. For a terrorist for love. A terrorist <laughs> for revenge for love. <laughs> it's funny that she's, like, famous for being a pirate because she started on land. She started <laughs> on land. And she had the element of surprise on her side because no one really knew who she was at this point no one expects the lioness of Brittany. yeah and, and widows raising armies to avenge the death of their husband like wasn't a thing it wasn't the done thing like yeah. no one in society you didn't was pick like, up yeah. vogue magazine and see like you know hey i am how, how to bu- avenge the death of your husband <laughs> when his murderer is the king yeah like it, and it, is your sign compatible with the king of france <laughs> Um. <laughs> oh, what sign do you think she was? Who is the most vent Scorpio? <laughs> Katie answered her own question. Yeah, I think she was a Scorpio. This sounds. I like would say a Leo. Ah, uh, maybe they're both extremely extra. Yeah. Anyway, and I, I love extraness. Yeah, it's also giving me like we've already said Khaleesi vibes. Come as on, well. Danny. Like whenever her husband was killed, she went mad. Whenever her, her one of her dragons was killed, like she went so revenge, revenge. Let's do it. Yeah, her army attacks castles and army camps of the dudes that the support of the king and the new Duke of Brittany. So they just. Fucking slaughter them. Yeah, like ding dong, death. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how, yeah, that's how like well, because they didn't know she wasn't known yet, so she's like approaching these castles and just being like, "It's just little old me." I want every time that you eat, like you come to my house to be like ding dong, death. death. <laughs> like, <laughs> Okay, I mean, I I can make that happen for you. But no, like, they know her, and so she's turning up at the door, and just like, what's up? And then she's like, oh, my army's gonna Kill murder you, you now. <laughs> and because these, these people aren't, like, they might have, like, a full garrison there, but they're like, it's their... It's their off day. You know, they're, <laughs> they're like all playing Angry Birds. They're not expecting birds. visitors. Yeah, like they're just chilling watching Netflix and then... Or playing her, Angry Birds. Yeah, and then, her, <laughs> and then her army comes in and just starts slaughtering them all. Ding dong death, yeah. Ding, ding dong death. <laughs> uh, so their MO was to leave one man alive to tell the whole story of who did this and why. So, like, I I couldn't figure out if she would have actually been there while the slaughtering was happening. I would think not. They'd want to keep her safe. I I just have this image in my head. Again, this bitch needs a miniseries of, like, everyone's dead around. They have this one guy that's left alive to tell the tale of what happened and her just rocking up and be like... Tell Sosie it was me. Yes, very much that vibe. Exactly. But it's like, 
tell the king of France, the lioness of Brittany said, what up? You know, and then like. Tell the king of France, hey. Hey. (laughs) And all your friends are dead. Ding dong death. (laughs) Ding dong death. Anyway, I just gave myself goosebumps even just thinking about how awesome that would look like on the big screen. You know, you got goosebumps about ding dong death? Yes. (laughs) No, it really would be very scary. Like with the fire behind her and everyone dead around and just this little lady being like, tell the king of France, the lioness of Brittany was here, you know, and like. (laughs) Was here. Like spelled W U Z <laughs> on the back of an auditorium chair uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> in Sharpie. And... <laughs> Sparkly Sharpie. <laughs> so obviously, this is huge news in Brittany, France, and in England. Oh my God. It was, it was, everyone was like, I'm sorry. A little widow in her 30s is doing what? Or I guess she'd be in her 40s by now. Like, but this little widow is doing what? Like, Living her best life and murdering everyone. Ding dong death. Ding dong death. <laughs> so Philip immediately declares her an enemy of the state, and her remaining lands were confiscated, and she's now a man on the run. <laughs> man, man on, on the, the run. That, that would be, I could see her in a boat. Yeah. <laughs> Playing that song on blast. Absolutely. You know, with like the jukebox on her shoulder. Like Absolutely. the 80s. <laughs> so you think she's a Wings fan? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. A hundred percent. Like, it's also around this time that they gave her the nickname, the Lioness of Brittany. Rawr. But in our in our miniseries we're creating, she's already got the name so she can drop it at the killings, at the ding-dong deaths. Yeah. <laughs> So what do you do when you're a man on the run with no land? Um, Dig to the high sea, obviously. I mean, if you can't be on the land, be on the water. Durr. So she uses the last of her money to buy a ship, and she keeps doing what she does best. Attacking French ships, killing everyone on board, leaving one man alive. Tell the king, the lioness of Brittany, says, what's up? And peacing out. Yeah. Yeah. That that literally is her tagline. Yeah. Tell the king, the lioness of Brittany says, what's up? Tell the king it was me. Nope. Tell Cersei it was me. Yeah, I love that it. Was, I can't believe I hadn't. <laughs> no, that's the perfect, perfect parallel. It's like, fuck you, bitch. Yes. You fucked with my family. You did. You did. <laughs> so remember, this is all during the Hundred Years' War, which was 116 years. Yep. Um, but it <laughs> of was, France and England fighting. Yeah. <laughs> so Edward, King of England, finds out this widow is out here killing and stealing um, from the French, and he's like, let's get that bitch on the payroll. Whoa, how <laughs> do we... He's a headhunter, and he's like, we gotta get her as part of this organization. <laughs> um, we need to circle back. Yeah, it's like, you Make hate sure France? Make sure she has the bandwidth. You hate France? I hate France. I hate France. Uh, the enemy of my friend. Wait, the enemy of my enemy is my friend? Yes. Yes. Something like that? Something like But yes, they Cause... were having some synergy. <laughs> so they circled back. So they circled back <laughs> to the synergy of it all. Let's get that bitch on the payroll. He owned some lands in Brittany. Because like we said, Brittany was kind of like in this weird place where it was half British, half French. He was like, I'm going to give her the incomes to the lands that I own there in 
Brittany. It just, my, I think my, I know I reference Forrest Gump a lot in this podcast, but my absolute favorite line of it is when Lieutenant Dan has made an investment and Forrest gets a letter being like, saying like the return on their investment or whatever. And he's like, Lieutenant, Lieutenant Dan invested in some fruit company or something. And so now we don't have to worry about money no more. And I'm like, that's good. It's one last thing to worry about. And the fruit company is Apple. Um, (laughs) Anyway, so now she doesn't have to worry about money no more. And that's good. One less thing to worry about. (laughs) Forrest Gump is full full of gems full of gems yes so genie could probably go on doing like she's doing for like a long time with her one ship evading the king but just getting by is not really her style she's an extra bitch you know what you're right she probably is a leo yeah yeah you know what? She's a Leo, for sure. <laughs> I'm, she's I'm so glad we had this conversation, Katie. It took a lot of convincing. She's got to have that flair. <laughs> yeah. She's got to have that flair. And whenever she gets this money, she's like, I've, one boat isn't enough. What if I had a whole fleet of boats? I think, I think here in Queen's podcast, even when we don't know the birth date of somebody, we can just make it up. <laughs> Be like, she was a Leo. She's a Leo. So she was born sometime between these dates. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say like August eighth. Let's give her August eighth birthday. Thirteen hundred ish. Thirteen hundred ish, but definitely Leo. <laughs> but no, so now she's got this whole fleet of boats. Oh, and I love the name of the fleet. Please well, tell me. Well, well, first <laughs> oh. she paints all the boats black, like I the Rolling see Stones. A boat oh. and I want to paint it black. black. I love her. And she calls them <laughs> the Black Fleet. Ah. And her main ship. The one that she rides on, she paints the sail red. Ah. So how how stunning must that look in day? And then, but then at night you can't see. Yeah, it doesn't look stunning fleet. at night. You can't see it; they're invisible. <laughs> you can't see it. The element of surprise, ding dong, death. Um, <laughs> but she calls her flagship the one with the painted red sail. She calls it My Revenge. Because subtlety is not her thing. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, she did bring her children to see their father's head. Right. (laughs) Well, speaking of her children, Junior and Gilly are on... It's a family affair. They are on My Revenge with her. She left her daughters back home. Fair enough. She's got her two sons with her. They are part of the revenge. Yes. So she was on the sea in the Black Fleet for the next 13 years. Years. 13 years. They even made a little extra money by doing favors for the King of England during the 116 years war. I mean, what, uh, <laughs> nice work if you can get it. Like, yeah. Yeah. He'd be like, hey, I need a little help with the Navy over on this coast or that coast. And Jeannie's like, got it, boss. Yep. Fuck yeah. Love it. So we mentioned earlier she was giving us, you know, those Khaleesi vibes. Well, some of the stories do make her sound a little bit like a mad queen. Yeah. Some say that if she found out a ship or a castle they took had someone high-ranking as a captor, that she'd insist on beheading them herself. So I think that there's a lot of legend mixed up with this story. Yeah. A lot of the sources are based on legend, like word of mouth. While, I don't know, maybe she did behead some people. I feel like, I don't... Personally, I don't know if she ever... I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that part of the story. What do you think? Do you think she personally beheaded some nobles? No, I don't think personally. She... She may have ordered somebody to do it. You think so? but, uh, okay. I don't know about her. Okay. 
But one sign that I think shows that she may have had, like, lost the plot on what she was doing was that King Philip, uh, he died in 1350. Yes! Um, the, the guy of the revenge. But she kept on going with her reign of revenge for another six years. Yes! She also did view the Duke of Brittany, the, um, the king's nephew, as part of the problem so she was still trying to take revenge on him but she wasn't attacking Brittany. she was attacking french ships and stuff like that and that- friendships <laughs> not friendships friendships french ships. <laughs> but no she was mainly going after the crown still even mm-hmm. though there was this whole other guy that she didn't even know yeah. <laughs> and she's like i'm still mad I'm still mad <laughs> uh, i really do have to wonder though why she kept going Like, surely she knew that she could have gone to England, retire, have be a war hero. Celebrity. Yeah. I mean, she was 50 years old, which at the time was older. 1300s 50 is completely different than today 50. Yeah, 50 is the new 30 right now. Yeah, but like for her to be back then 50 still being a pirate, it just feels like rage was the only thing keeping her going. (laughs) Which can relate. No, not really. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't think much I care rage. about anything that much. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe it was like, if I stop, what do I do next oh. sort of thing. Oh. Talk more about this psychology. Yes. Maybe that's her mission. Yeah. Maybe she just wants to keep fucking some shit up. You know, maybe she needed a rage room. Have you ever heard of a rage room? I saw it on 90 Day Fiance. Yeah. You yeah. go into a room and you break shit. She really needed that therapy. Have you done one of those? It looks like... I don't like it. I don't think I would have any fun. I think I would have a blast. You think so? Yes. I don't like... Breaking things doesn't give me any kind of, like, dopamine release whatsoever. Exact opposite. Okay. I want to tear shit up. But no, you're right. Like, maybe the fame kept her going. She was famous. She was a legend. She was the lioness of Britney. And if she stopped, her husband was dead. What did she have to do like honestly i think she liked the notoriety yeah she liked being that notorious bad bitch she liked being that bitch absolutely yeah and i I don't blame her because i'm 100 percent that bad bitch i don't know if i'm this bad of a bitch no no i don't i don't murder people but i i do i do like to get a little bit of revenge and speaking of all things have to come to an end. We yeah. all know that saying all good things must come to an end. Yes. A few years later, tragedy struck my revenge, the ship. Um, conflicting stories here. Yeah, I don't know what happened. I could not get a straight answer. Yeah, it's either like French ships that maybe caught up with her and attacked. Again, French ships, not friendships. Friendships. <laughs> <laughs> Now that you say it, I'm like, oh, it does sound like that. It does sound like friendships, <laughs> but it was not a friendship. It was dead French ships. Um, and they caught up with her and sunk her ship. Um, either way, we don't really it know. It may have also just been weather. Yeah, because yeah. ships be sinking. Ships be sinking. <laughs> they be sinking. <laughs> Ships be sinking. Ships be sinking. Yeah. Either way, my revenge is Le Sank. <laughs> God damn it, Katie. Jeannie <laughs> uh, gets herself, her two sons, and one attending lady into a lifeboat. Yeah. And she starts rowing herself. This part of the story really 
breaks my heart. And in the miniseries that I'm going to manifest into being. A lifetime special. Is going, this is going to be the part that whoever the actress is playing her gets her Emmy for. Yes. Like, she is just rowing, rowing, rowing. Like, her life fucking depends on it. Because it does. And Um, she was rowing. She was rowing. (laughs) Five days. Five fucking days. She doesn't know which way she's going. They're in the middle of the ocean. Well, she's either going to land in France <laughs> or in England. She's hoping England. Yeah. She's got to hope it's this way. <laughs> they don't got no GPS. They got no Google Maps. Oh, I forgot uh, about that. Night and day for five days. She doesn't find land. She doesn't find help. Obviously, she's like shooting for England. But when you're in a panic like this, rowing, you get a little rowing, disoriented. Rowing, rowing. Also, great back exercise, but probably not her goal. <laughs> Katie's like, sign me up for that class at I the gym. I would love this panic rowing. So many calories burnt. <laughs> panic rowing. I can just see them behind you going, boo. And you're like, oh, 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 oh. Trauma. <laughs> Sadly, her son, Gilly, or how do you say this name? Guillaume. He died. And the rowboat, like... Yeah, he died from exposure, which I, I did have to look up and sounds... It just means, it just means the elements. That is a... That the, is, like the sun, no water, the elements just fucking killed him. Basically, like a sunburn killed you. Like, <gasps> that's... Probably get, dehydration also. Yeah, dehydration. you can't drink ocean water. That's usually what it is. You get an infection because of some yeah. weird shit, and then you end up dying because you don't have any water. Yeah, you, he died from exposure. Terrible. It just means the bad conditions killed yeah, him. Yeah, and he would have probably been around 17 at the time. Yeah. And Jeannie kept rowing. Um, can you... I'm just trying to put myself in the mental state she would have been in. Denial, maybe? Yeah, well, of course. Like, you're thinking, oh, no, he's going to be fine. He'll just sleep it off. It's like, no, he's not going to sleep. No, He'd he be is dead. deceased. The other son in the rowboat would have been, like, 20 or so. So why she didn't let him row is... She got mama bear mentality. I think she just, just turned into yeah. like, no. Yeah. I mean, she does fuel herself on rage. Yeah. So she was probably drinking that rage juice. <sighs> God, it just it just sounds like it's a rowboat of trauma. Yeah. And on the fifth day of rowboat trauma, <laughs> uh, they spotted, they are spotted by an English ship that just like scoops them up out of the water. Like, holy shit, you're Jean de Clisson. We're taking you to safety you right are, now. <laughs> you are an asset to us. Like, yes, thank you. Can you imagine how she must have felt? Uh, give me some water, please. <laughs> Sore, relieved. Yeah. And then now it's actually setting in that her other son had died. So grief on top of that. Oh, my God. I would want so, so much ice cream. Oh, so much wine. Yes. <laughs> But also, like, went down a bit of a emotional rabbit hole, well, if This you will, was, like, here. the 12th rabbit hole, Katie. Yes. <laughs> but, like, she started this all for revenge for the death of her husband. And because of it, and because she so blindly was in for revenge, it resulted in the unnecessary death of her son. So I just have to imagine she's in, like, a grief burrito. That does not it's sound delicious. Up. But can you imagine, like, the state that she's in? That's... 
That's fucking tough. Being like, yeah. did I take it too far? Did I do too much? You know what I mean? Yeah. And and this would have been about the time that she retired. Yeah. So I think, you know, watching your son die yeah. uh, as a result of your, you know, revenge sandwich that you decided <laughs> to have might end up doing that to you. Right. Uh, kind of take the need for blood out of you. You know, that's, you know, she's also in her mid-50s. So. Yeah, she's going to be like 55 or something like that at this point, which, again, in the 1300s is much older than 55 is now. So while this is the end of her reign of terror and career in piracy, which R.I.P., love you, girl. Love it. Uh, get it, Lioness. Uh, we have one more surprise. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> she fell in love again. I... <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that she would have preferred it always just be Olivier. But it's so nice that she gets to have a, a romance yeah. once more. Yes. Like her, you know, our ladies of 50 and up can still get it too. And she that. not only got it, she got it with a man named Bentley. Um, no, <laughs> Walter Bentley. Um, yeah. So he was a general in the English army. Uh, the king gave them a castle on the lands that he owned in Brittany. And the once absolute most fucking terrifying woman on the face of the earth... <gasps> Lived quietly for another three years. And then she she died at her home in Brittany at the age of 59. What a fucking life, man. What a fucking life. However, her legacy didn't end there. Her son, Olivier Jr., he ended up deciding that he wanted to hop over to England and fight on the English side of the Hundred Years' War. And he became a very famous soldier and he was known as the butcher Ooh, the butcher of britney oh that sounds oh who do you th- uh, uh, i don't think you really need to use your imagination to know who he he was named the butcher because um you know was probably pretty brutal who do you think he got that from uh, <laughs> he got it from his mama where'd you get that name from he got it from his mama yes okay, exactly. i mean he had a very, very long, successful career. Of killing people. Of um, butchering people. <laughs> but then after his military career, he went on to become the constable of France. Like, he made friends with France. Yeah, but who do you think he learned this ruthlessness and, like, get shit done attitude from? The lioness of Brittany. Yeah. Can you give me a rar, Katie? Rawr. <laughs> Eat that in my life. <laughs> <laughs> you should you should just save this and whenever I text you or message you, just <laughs> <laughs> So the Lioness of Brittany has become a legend. Yes. We def tried to stick to all the facts here, but some of the facts and legend just are a little mixed up. It's a little bit of a gumbo. <laughs> oh, that oh. sounds delicious. <laughs> uh, but when the famous saying, hell hath no fury like a woman scorned, was created, I really wouldn't be surprised if Jean de Clisson was part of that. Yeah, I think she was the inspiration for that saying, for sure. Oh, shields. So let's raise our glass to Cheers. little genie. Here, Jeannie. We're going to give you a cheersy, Jeannie. Clink. <laughs> Cheers, bitches. Hello, everyone. It's Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? 
Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be.